Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick. This is episode number 215 of the Mandolins of Beer podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, The Mandolin Cafe, where Scott was so kind to announce the sale and release of my new book, The 365 Project. It's book one of four. Thank you to Scott. You're the best. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's bought it. I have been having a heck of a time keeping up with all the emails. Um, and you can get a free sample, one song and a list of the tunes that are on there and YouTube links to all the tunes that are on there um, just by shooting me an email at danielpatrickmusic at yahoo.com or going to Mandolin's of Beer or going to the Mandolin Cafe and clicking any of those links. So thank you to Scott. Thank you to everybody who's bought it so far. You're all the best. Also, it's brought to you by Acoustic Disc. Speaking of the best, they put out some of the best music and they just put out Danilo, Danilo Brito and David Grisman. It is incredible. 12 tracks. Uh, I really, you got to hear it. Um, I know Scott I from the Mandolin Cafe also put a post out about it. You can hear a track there. You can also hear samples at Acoustic Disc. Uh, their website has it. And if you sign up for their email while you're there, you get a free treat of the week, and you can also check out David Grisman's incredible podcast as well. All right. Hope everybody is doing well. Uh, it's getting to you a little bit late today. I apologize about that. But boy, thank you so much to everybody who's purchased the book so far and people who have downloaded the sample. Holy cow. Uh, it's It's been a lot of people. I'm so happy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of hard work, and I'm, I'm glad to see people enjoying it. Um, boy, speaking of hard work, my guest this week, Adrian from Northfield. Uh, I feel super lucky. I've got to meet so many great people uh, through this podcast. You know, people probably mostly associate that with mandolin players, but, you know, getting to uh, meet people like uh, Adrian has been just incredible. Adrian is literally maybe the busiest person I know you'll hear during this episode, his phone kind of blowing up a few times just because of uh, how busy he is with all the things that he's got going on. But with whatever he's got going on, He's always quick to return a text, uh, answer a phone call when I call him, uh, and just getting to talk to him inspires me and blows my mind, you know, and you're going to hear that uh, during this episode, too, just how forward-thinking Northfield is. It's, it's, it's wild to think that a company who sells as many mandolins as they do, they literally could just sit back on what they've done and just continue making the same models and being a successful company. But they continue to push the boundaries, try to improve. It's it's impressive. So it's always great to talk with Adrian. I hope you enjoy this episode with him. And near the end of this podcast here, if you're a Northfield player, pay attention. He wants you to send send your music. Let them hear it, you know. So there you go. Uh, let's get into the sponsors real quick. Uh, Charleston Bluegrass Festival. That's coming up here Easter weekend in Charleston, South Carolina. I will be emceeing the festival I'll also be playing with my band that Saturday, and I will also have a stage there, the Mandolins of Beer stage, which is directly next to the main stage. So I'm really excited for that. Some really great bands into the fog will be there. John Stickley, Trey Wellington Band, Fireside Collective, lots of great music. And then there'll be a jam afterwards, a big jam on the Mandolins of Beer stage directly after the John Stickley Trio set. So, yeah, come on down to Charleston, South Carolina. I have a link in the description below for tickets. There's camping. It's a beautiful area, and it's a great time of the year to be down in this neck of the woods. The Charleston Bluegrass Festival. Peghead Nation. Uh, Peghead Nation, they've got just the, the 
the greatest lineup of mandolin instructors out there. Sharon Gilchrist, Joe K. Walsh, Mike Compton, John Reichman, Aaron Weinstein, Marla Fibus, Chad Manning, Ian Curry. Speaking of Aaron Weinstein, he's got a very cool looking course coming up. That's going to be an eight week course that Peghead Nation is uh, putting on. And those are really cool. I know Sharon Gilchrist did one once before that was really hugely successful. So along with all the other courses that they have, they do these special courses. You can find out more information at PegheadNation.com. And if you haven't already signed up, you can go and join any of Peghead Nation's current video courses and get first month for free. Just go to PegheadNation.com. Use that promo code MandolinBeer, all one word at checkout. Northfield Mandolins, Adrian. Uh, let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com. Download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. Tone slab picks. Get yourself a slab of tone. I love my tone slab pick. Lots of incredible players, way better than me, love them as well. You can get your own. They have the shapes and sizes. You can customize them. You can put logos on them. The, the, the options are endless. And the best way to do is go to toneslabs.com right now and order yourself a pick. David and Frank are kicking butt over there. Thank you, fellas, for all the wonderful picks that you're putting out there. Get yourself a slab of tone at toneslabs.com. Ellis Mandolins, hand-built mandolins from Austin, Texas, designed and built down there in Austin, Texas. I got to get back down there and see my buddy Kim Warner, by the way, and Billy Bright. Had a blast playing with those guys. So got to make that happen here before the end of the year. That would be pretty sweet deal and elderly instruments elderly instruments is your trusted source for new used and vintage fretted and stringed instruments for the experienced beginner player their vast selection of mandolins guitars banjos ukuleles and did i say mandolins includes all of the accessories and books to go with them all instruments are inspected and set up for easy playability and their down-to-earth and knowledgeable staff are there to help they're in their 51st year they're family owned and operated they ship worldwide they're award-winning some of the nicest people you could you could ever meet, and you can visit them anytime at elderly.com. Oh, and last but not least, if you are in the Boone, North Carolina area, I got an email from Benjamin Parker. This looks awesome. Uh, ben plays in the Appalachian Mandolin Trio. Ben and Nick, who are, who are both in the band, and then Liam Purcell, who's a great player. He's not in the band, but he's incredible. And uh, they're hosting a mandolin beer tasting workshop where people can learn some stuff and try out other people's mandolins as well as a local brewer's beers. They're doing this for a nonprofit. They're raising money for a local nonprofit music series, but they're also wanting to educate people about the mandolin some more. It's going to be great. It's the Mandolin Jam and Tasting. It is taking place March 2nd, starting at 1 p.m. It's taking place at the South End Brewing Company. So, yeah, if you're in the area there, go and check it out. March 2nd. Thanks so much for the email, Ben. I appreciate it. That sounds like a blast. All right, let's get into the episode with Adrian. Have yourselves a fantastic week. Cheers, everybody. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast one of the most interesting people I get to talk to, uh, Adrian Begale. How's it going, Adrian? I'm great, Daniel. How are you, Matt? Doing good, man. It's always so good and mind-opening to talk with you. We just spent the last however long just talking about things advancing from 
from, you know, all sorts of things from music to just companies to all sorts of stuff. And I was like, this is a great segue. Let me hit record, because if I think of Northfield, one of the things I always think of is advancement and pushing boundaries. And I just absolutely love it, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we were talking about risk taking and uh, just what it what it means to to take those risks and um, how to validate the risk taking in itself, like you know, the the effort that it takes in in trying to push those boundaries and and the risk that comes with it and. and Irregardless of whether or not we're talking about mandolins and mandolin making or any of the things that we're we're doing, or, or it's uh, putting yourself out there at center center field at the in the middle of a Super Bowl game with uh, however many tens of millions of people watching you, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know it. Like, how many different ways can you sort of stress your environment and step out of a the comfort zone, you know, whatever it is, um, I think sort of defines the effort um, that you're putting in and uh, to a certain extent. Um, and and that's kind of what we live by that. That's definitely the, the adrenaline source. Um, so we find a lot of, a lot of passion once we've taken those risks and, and uh, go about it you know, trying to sort out a problem we've made for ourselves in, you know, whatever it is in our context, like uh, releasing four brand new models on the same day <laughs> in July. Yeah. And a, a very specific date in July. A very specific date, which was, of course, you know, the, the signed um, F5 by, you know, made famous by a major risk taker uh, and someone that was uh, set out on a path to define something for themselves and, and turned out to find, you know, a whole source of inspiration for all of us. And so that day was, was important. And, you know, not, not just the fact that that, that uh, instrument was, um, you know, was Bill Monroe's, but, the, the also that the, you know the signature inside there you know the Lloyd Lohr signature and and the kind of risk that was going on inside of that company um, when he was trying to sort of reinvent the the mandolin family instruments at a time where where it was pretty clear that the instruments were falling out of fashion. And uh, the sales just weren't keeping up with the amount that they could produce at, at on the, you know, at the factory. And um, it, that dynamic there where the business is, you know, wh who's driving the bus here, the idea side or, or this uh, profitability side, you know, what, who gets to make the, the, the call on, you know, what's important, what, what should you be working on? Is it, you know, if it's only driven by, you know, the, the throughput and the output, the thousands of instruments that they were capable of making and had made um, up to that point, um, you know, and we're talking early, you know, in the game here in the twenties, they'd already been able to make thousands of instruments. So you, you could see what sort of a persuasive argument would be to just, 
you know, hey, let's crank these things out. And to be there trying to say, hey, no, 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 there's a better way we can do this. In fact, it's not just one instrument. It's a family of, of instruments that we're going to try to do here. I mean, you know, it's we, we know how it worked out. They they didn't like the risk, that those, them being the, you know, the, the company heads and the, the corporate side of the organization. Um, and... Uh, you know, Lloyd Laura was was left, you know, very frustrated by by the whole thing, only to go on and take more risks and try something entirely different with the electric instruments and Vivitone and 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 sort of plant seeds in a whole other place <laughs> right. and 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 then and then completely miss that happening too. I mean, so it, that day was as much about uh the, the you know july 9th 23 uh sign you know lower sign instrument that bill monroe took and arguably created um what we know as recorded you know bluegrass music and the origins of it and and absolutely the reason why we've gotten so passionate and and, and uh, been so dedicated to making the f5 mandolin um but you know at the same time just what lloyd lore was trying to do the fact that by the time that instrument found its home and its owner and went off to create all that amazing adventure and music um and and really got documented and recorded and stuff uh lloyd lore never got to see any of that he, he he missed that entire thing um he he never intended the you know that the instrument be used this way no one could have foreseen what would happen um but then likewise he never got to see anyone rock out on the electric guitar either and um and so you know to those four instruments that we came out with on that day had had a lot to do with that other side of the story too. Um, and it, so it was a tribute for, for more than uh, just um, this date or, or, or Bill Monroe um, or, or, you know, uh, just, you know, what we know as the foundations of the music and the instrumentation of that music were, that we're coming from as a, as a mandolin company. It was, a, it was a lot about innovation and all that risk-taking um, that was happening at that company um, and, uh, you know, largely uh, behind the drive of, of Lloyd Lohr, another, another risk-taker. Before, before I ask my, my first question, let's tell everybody the four instruments that you guys announced on uh, July 9th. Okay, well, we... We we did. Uh, yeah, it's funny how how we didn't release an F five. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you had some F fives. <laughs> yeah, that was that was intentional. We, we wanted to to make a special batch, and we wanted to make it a kind of a, a you know a collection. Um, but but yes, yeah, a, a special batch of of instruments to debut as as kind of a quartet, but but you know sort of odd. Odd fellows together in 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 one quartet. So we released a, a mandola, which we had been asked to make a mandola for our entire company history from about the second month in we <laughs> being asked, and we had never made good on a promise I made to 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 do it eventually. 
Um, uh, and uh, we decided to go with a much more contemporary take on the on the mandola with a with a little longer scale length at 16 and a half inches and truly a teardrop um, shape. We had a lot of fun with. Uh, the development of that instrument, and um, things got really interesting too. When when I decided that, boy, it would be it would be fun to try to get more than one instrument out of this body design, and and so at the same time we developed um, just another version of it, um, graduated differently uh, and appointed just a little uh, differently. Um, almost exactly the same material selection, but with a little variability um, and made the, what we call the uh, wavelengths uh, short scale octave. Another thing that we had been asked to make since debuting our archtop octave mandolins in 2015 was a, was a shorter scale version. Um, and so this uh, we made at, at 19 inches. So that's the second instrument, sort of kind of uh, developed side by side with with the uh, we call it the mandola, the quick step mandola, and then um, the other instrument uh, that kind of ties to the the octave mandolin, uh, our archtop octave um, guitar bodied octave mandolin, is our rival guitar, which is a short scale six string version. Of, um, of essentially the the DNA of our um, archtop octave mandolin. So it's a small archtop instrument with a with a flat back um, with a 24 inch scale. And um, there's some other things about it, but we call it the rival because we think it rivals um, other archtop guitars. Certainly in its comfort factor, you know we're 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 a mandolin company that is making instruments with, uh, you know, with ergonomics in mind all the time, and uh, you know, to if you've ever played archtop guitar, and I know you have, you know, a lot of them are kind of unwieldy. They're 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 large, they're the long scale length, uh, and then the the, the wideness uh, at the lower bout, you know, just has your arms. Uh, playing, um, in, you know, in a totally different way than than on the mandolin family instruments, and we are all multi instrumentalists, and we're constantly going from you know guitar to to mandolin to, to octave mandolin and various scale lengths, and then you know to go over to to an archtop guitar, um, we just wanted a more comfortable instrument and just a little bit more compact like some of these great 12 fret um you know single o uh martin instruments from the late 20s and 30s i'm a big um lover of, of vintage instruments and i have quite a few of these small 12 fret um instruments from around that period late 20s early 30s that, that martin made so that was a, a driver remember the octave mandolin that we made originally the, the archtop octave mandolin. The origins of that were were the Martin archtop guitars from the 30s, the C2, um, and so I kind of went back to the well uh, and 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 decided you know this would be a really cool guitar. And actually, when we played that um, octave originally, 
immediately after stringing it up, they thought, wow, you know, this kind of could be a really, really neat little guitar. And, <laughs> and then, then it took like 10 years for us to go back and, <laughs> right. and, and do it. And then the fourth instrument um, is what we call our Eliocto, and that is our, our first um, electric instrument. It is a uh, semi-hollow, it's, it looks like a solid body, it's, it's, I guess you call it a chambered solid body instrument. Um, and that instrument, I think, was the impetus behind the idea of for the launch. Um, and we, that was the very first one I wanted to do on that date, on, on July 9th. And then I thought about the concept of a batch, and we kind of pulled everything together around uh, releasing on that day. But that Eliocto has sort of everything to do with the story that I was just telling about the risk taking that the dynamic at the at the um gibson factory around that period um and just the salute you just sort of the the nod to um to lloyd lore in the risk taking that was happening in, in his venture into vivitone and what became of that um and we you know it's the form factor of the Eliocto is a direct nod to what ended up happening uh with you know the results of the electric guitar kind of taking over and the specific electric guitar that did that um and then you know all the different things about uh any experience i had had with with electrified mandolin family instruments just wanted to address them and and make something really unique um but you know just ultimately really playable and and toneful and we went with all sorts of different ideas in in pickups um pickup combinations um but essentially built it around an instrument that's made of exactly the same material as the other mandolin family instruments we make and uh it's just it was a it's a ton of fun that instrument is really the you know sort of the it's it's the risk taker in that you know <laughs> like why would we do that when we could crank on um you know the demand that is already there for the other instruments that we make like the yeah and and the, the answer is you know because that's what lloyd would have done <laughs> we, we think you know whatever we we just think that don't get too comfortable you know shake it up and have fun that's paramount and and continue to learn about what it is you're trying to do and and not pretend like you you own it um it's just you're in uh you're in flux with the rest of everything else and 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 so take chances and and so we we did and we've had so much fun it's brought us back to the origins of all of us played in electric guitar bands through college um one of my main influence and the driving influence to the soundtrack of my personal life is is and continues to be uh pat metheny and the Pat Metheny group in the 1970s, you know, I've got a, a father that's a jazz musician 
and uh, brothers that are also in, I mean, we drove around the country in a Oldsmobile station wagon listening to every Pat Metheny group album. <laughs> and that, those, that electric 12 string sound and all of the stuff, you know, that was going on with the synths and, and you know, it's been just a major factor in my in sort of the tonal textures of my life and so that is another place that 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 aliacto came from and so boy that was a really long answer to you i guess i don't need any more coffee <laughs> i think i've had enough coffee for the day uh, well my my question is at you know at what point how far in advance you know you're looking at july 9 2023 to hit the 100 year anniversary at how far in advance did you have to think to shoot for that? Obviously, you knew the uh, Eliocto was going to be kind of one of the things, but how long did it take you to put together the whole instrument family in the batch and put that idea and then make it happen? Well, we're still putting it together and still making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we the idea for the launch happened, um, you know, pretty early. I, I'd say, well, okay, you were there with me at the IBMA, the previous IBMA, the uh, the 22, uh, September 22, where I had the first Eli Octo and I was there meeting with with Mary uh, Meyer and um, meeting with Sierra and stuff. And you saw that, right? And I and people were really, it was really fun to walk an electric, electrified octave mandolin into the IBMA and plug it in. Wow, <laughs> that was a that was a risk, and that was a lot of fun um, to see what would the reaction would be. It, the reaction was so good that I thought, okay, we have to hold this back and do this right. Um, and then probably somewhere like in the very early, probably about a year ago, like right now, a year ago, is when I thought, you know what, let's save all these things up and do them on, on this day. And, um, and that really put a lot of pressure on the amazing team at Northfield to to really go at it. I mean, we to make four instruments is one thing, uh, to have four different designs, but to have the the production sorted, to be able to, you know, we we wanted to release these, not just based, you know, to try to get people's feedback on the ideas. No, we were making them already. We were going to, you know, we were in production with all four of the instruments. And let me tell you, if, if you think like, an acoustic mandolin has a lot of things to it um, you know, in terms of its parts and, you know, you know how we make cases and we've always gone all the way through everything. Boy, making something like the Aliocto was tremendously challenging. We, we had to make pickups. We had to buy pickups. We had to get preamps. We had to do the wiring. We had to all the wiring harness and all the components. We had to get a case tested 11 cases before we found the right one um and uh and so on all the way down to the string gauges that we're just this week putting into our store for all those people that are out there that already have one of these instruments we had to you know we were it's it just it was an amazing amount of detail and planning that went in so from the time that we announced that it was going to happen, I think there was only maybe a couple months that it, you know, we had, you know, sort of said this is going to come out at this day. But we had been working at it for about, I'd say, you know, maybe four or five months by the time um, it 
it really, really happened. But we had been developing the instruments for quite a, long, a bit longer than that. So we, this is the first time I ever did anything like this where we like held stuff back to release all on the same day to really try to curate a, a batch or a collection of, of instruments. Otherwise, we would have always just um, released what uh, – what we can do somebody keeps bothering me man sorry if i'm oh okay. yeah you're fine somebody keeps calling my phone i guess they didn't get the memo then i'm doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so does that answer your question I, I totally think that's yeah a, and that's yeah. it's way less time than i would have expected <laughs> like you know i would expect like yeah. oh in 2021 we knew in two years not like well <laughs> a few months later, we decided we're going to try and shoot for this. It was really cool to see uh, to see Sierra come because she kind of came last minute on Saturday to to the booth to check it out, and then a few months back to see her playing that on stage with Billy and the Kids, which is like the Grateful Dead. Bill Kreutzmann's band that he puts together that Billy Strings has played with a bunch, but to see Sierra on stage just ripping that thing and be like, wow, yeah. man, I saw that when he introduced her to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the coolest thing, and it's and it's been this way since the very beginning of Northfield, and I, this is what I appreciate almost more than anything, is artist involvement and encouragement. I mean, you know, we are... We are, have taken lots of risks and have made lots of uh, different instruments over the years, and 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 we we go to the to our friends and allies first to say, hey, is this nuts, or is this something that you might be able to use? Because you know, with something like uh, the Aliato, we we were seeing stages get bigger and light shows. You know, bluegrass music turn into like gigantic stadium rock concert <laughs> right and we we wanted to like participate by saying you know hey we acknowledge this and and we want something you know we want to make something for these venue changes and um all it means to us is that it is we new music out there being made and we got some cool tone things happening here that we think might get utilized and so when you reach out to an artist you know like sierra or or Sarah, or Mike Marshall, or Adam Staffield, like, you know, originally, um, you know, it's it's really awesome that how excited and engaged they can be in, uh, in you know, some of this kind of crazy idea. And so um, that pushed us to, to, to do it and say, yeah, like this, this is not just going to be me playing this thing, you know, and trying to learn that one. Like I would have, you know, would have done and did for several months, you know, while, while developing. But um, yeah, since then there's been that kind of thing, you know, happening on stage. There's been uh, Mayor, Mary Meyer. Is she an artist formerly known as? I don't know. <laughs> But she, she, her project is really cool and eclectic, and what what she's doing with the, uh, with the Aliato, um, she was one of the very first piece, people to see it and just immediately fell in love with it. Um, and uh, Sarah just put it on a, her newest album and and just released that. And so the thing is out there getting used, and um, and 
making new music and we're just getting started with it you know honestly we we've got multiple versions of this instrument that we are we are already working on and the music's forcing it and the venue and and just the excitement um and and it's like that way with with almost everything we make i mean at this point you know we get to the to the point where we realize that we are much better um and this is saying something because you know i say this with sort of two grains of salt that we 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 are making a lot of really high-end really nice instruments maybe more mandolin family and high-end instruments than than um than anyone else um so when i say this i i mean you know we are still producing a lot of instruments but um we are better developers and designers than we are producers <laughs> <laughs> and i i think that you know we were doing a great job in producing instruments and getting them to a lot of people at a lot of a variety of price points and to lots of different places in the world um but we we can't produce um you know as much as we can create we we are really um uh very strong at at, at product development if you want to call it that sort of like a general term right but that's really where i find my uh find myself uh in in all of this is in taking chances with ideas and bringing them all the way to and through to fruition um in in a tangible way where it's in your hands and you can try it out and we can start that feedback loop um and boy th there are so many ideas left to be hatched and so <laughs> many different versions of of things and things that we've learned i mean you know that's how our mandolin stuff has has gone i think we were talking about this the other day you know we we're on really our what has been released is our our fourth generation of of f5s that's why we call that the fourth gen it's the fourth time we've gone at the whole thing over again and changed a lot about character that we're going after in, in, in a tonal way and then how we're going to go about making the instrument um but you know in our minds we're in the generation eight we just <laughs> right. haven't been able to do it every single one but we still make the first thing that we made that gen one is still in action is still being produced and still being delivered it has its own thing its own tone and rather than be you know like a tech company even though that's where the whole generation side of things comes from that's why we we came up with that um we don't just it's not obsolete it's still a great mandolin so why not make it but at this point now we're making all of these varieties of instruments and we still got more to do and more to develop and we're, we're reaching so almost you know not quite a tipping point but an acknowledgement point that boy we are we are way you know uh versed in how to make new and how to develop new and how to utilize 
our skills and our knowledge base, um, our team, and our, our use of variety of different types of, of technology to really get to a finished um, design um, much more quickly than we ever could before, which is why we could do what you were just asking me <laughs> right. about. So releasing all this stuff at, at one time and really, we really honed that uh, that system and um, we love it. We, we would put probably more investment and time um, into that than, than almost anything else, which is why we've gotten really pretty comfortable at it and arguably pretty good at it. Um, and so we don't want to turn it off. But now, you know, when you get to this acknowledgement point, you're like, okay, what should we be doing? <laughs> I mean, you know, we're still doing everything that we've committed to doing and releasing the instrument. Wow, did we get some encouraging commitments out of uh, orders. In the way of orders, that's kind of the way it comes through, right? When you when you really just have uh, crossed the threshold into, okay, now we, we're going to make these things that we said we were going to make. And, um, orders from individuals, orders from dealers, questions about custom orders. Um, we got... I, I'll tell you what, we won't release four instruments on the same day again. <laughs> Not until we have a, like a CRM system to, you know, really keep track of the amount of emails and questions and all the, the um, you know, customer response required um, and inquiry that happens. We've had to learn a lot about that as a result, which is really great knowledge i mean stuff we you don't know what you don't know until you go out and, and try to do something right and then then you find out that wow you know the volume of inquiry here it's a, it's a, intoxicating it's so cool people that interested in everything you're up to but then how to mitigate that how to manage um the, the response time and you know how to get back to people with pertinent information or how to avoid all the questions to begin with by by having a more complete thoroughly um you know curated web page or, or product page or in this case a variety <laughs> of them and yeah we've really we've learned a lot about about that and uh it's been quite an adventure this is uh, one of the things I offer my patrons is the ability to put questions out in. And uh, one of my patrons, Jed, had a question for you. And this will be interesting because you're always looking. But I think there's some, some instruments you probably could answer this for. And it's how do you know when a new line of instruments is quote unquote finished, ready to be, be released to the world? And particularly, sonically, what are you looking for? And how do you iterate on the design sound? Ooh, that's a good question. And and a pretty deep one that there's a lot of levels to that, to that question. I'll start with the end of it first in terms of tone and what you're, what you're after. It's very subjective. And with every one of the instruments is going to be different. That's why we make such a variety. Um, it's, it comes down to, you know, in a lot of ways it comes down to our own personal preferences in, um, the type of music 
that we're wanting to play on these different designs and or music you know varieties of genres of music lucky for me the the team is um is very well versed in a variety of musical styles and so you know when we did all that stuff at the with the mandolin summit we really started to define um these sort of this vocabulary of terms for tone you've seen our tone wheel right it's oh, like yeah. taken from it's taken from like a coffee or wine tasting wheel where you get into the, these adjectives that describe tone it turns out they're they're the same how we describe <laughs> taste and food is is also how we describe tone uh and the and the variety of different types of uh, of ways and adjectives we assign to things that we hear. So first thing is getting that group of vocabulary terms together and sort of assigning, you know, what we want as far as the palette for each of these instruments. And that's always tied to the type of music that we can hear ourselves or other people or certainly other like artists that are out there exploring that are trying. We, we draw a lot from those influences. Um, and then we try to check as many boxes. I mean, that sounds simple, but we, we, we wanted to do this thing and have this type of tonal character. Um, and, and we're, you know, we start there and then we begin to reverse engineer out. Well, what will get us there in terms of material, like saying material selection, um, and uh, and then sort of the form factor of, of the instrument that the details in, in terms of the design, arching, graduation, you know, um, but, but certainly starting with materials and then working into uh, the design of it. Um, so uh, just to recap, music first, <laughs> then, <laughs> then tonal adjectives second, and what, what these, these, you know, the types of tone um, we're trying to get in this glossary of terms that we've defined um, internally and with a lot of input from, from you know, externally, um, but and then into the material selection um, that we think will get there and then into the design of, of the instrument. With the design side, we're of course really concerned with the first part of the of the question, which was how do we know when something is is complete or ready to, to be launched has everything to do with our production technique and everything that we're going to do to be able to consistently replicate um, what we what we want based on all those parameters I just described, but how we're going to get to a, a replicatable version of this instrument um and uh, it, it, it that right there involves a whole variety of things you know tonally you know we've got a fabulous acoustic designer on our team kosuke kiyomori and we've worked together for forever um and uh you know articulating those he, he's japanese uh, he's from Nagoya originally. Now, if you want to talk like, you know, difficulties in translation, try to, to, you know, put an adjective that describes some sort of tonal attribute and uh, assign it to a design and then translate that to someone where English is their second language or in his case, third language. Um, it's, it's a trick, you know, to try to, you know, take the direct translation for bright <laughs> or <laughs> right. 
dark or or rich or complex or something like that and we know what that means when we're when we're trying to say you know like or i might know what that i'm trying to say when when i say that we're complex with regards to you know overtones and fundamentals all kind of mixed together and or when i'm trying to describe tannins and wine or you know a hint of of chocolate and on and on and on but when you're trying to directly translate hey we want to make this thing sound complex now you're getting into really analyzing it acoustically and that's where someone like an acoustic designer um like Kosuke really you know comes into the mix and 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 that's where um it becomes um, much more first conceptual and then and then tangible you know we're going to go then back to the material selection and derek smith who is our uh who i know you know and I, I know you've met derek several times he he is our our our, our guy for for material selection and acquisition um and uh he's gonna you know have this plethora of available different materials at different densities at different you know um strengths um you know hardnesses uh deflection stiffness and and so on um and and then we start to work those 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 terms and that material selection and into it acoustically out into really a model which we are with. oh simulate that's the word i'm looking for sorry simulation and and what these factors all together are going to mean in combination um if you've ever used any kind of autocad or um solid works these kind of programs where you can determine things like stress load or um you know various different types of um variables that that all together will will produce a result whether it's construction um you know will this bear the the load of the string tension for example but you know you can do exactly the same things um to simulate um modal patterns and vibration tendencies inside a, a design and and what you might achieve in terms of um frequency response and and sonically what what you're going to get back um so we do a lot of that Kosuke at the helm of that um and and we have to throw out lots of variables you know, lots of scenarios i should say what might produce um you know the type of of sound in combination that that we're after um once we get to that point and we know we're going to keep materials consistent um our 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 fixturing our programming etc that is going to be done to, to make the parts of the instrument in our know-how in in our assembly technique um all the way down to the glue that we're going to use and so on and then the finish that we're going to apply once we have that all ironed out then we can go into a sort of trial production and then from from that we'll learn what worked and from there we might do some beta testing where we send instruments around we we, we always do that um and we get a lot of feedback that way and once all of that is done and we're back to a place where we think yes you know we're going to either make some changes or we've got it there's almost never 
a moment, you know, that we're going to hit it right out of the park the first time. There's going to be development and exchange, and we're going to try certain things, maybe send them out to the same people in the feedback loop, play them um, constantly uh, around the shops, have prescribed jam sessions, um, <laughs> have concerts, put them in the hands of other, you know, musicians. Once all of that is done, and we like what we've got, then we move into a uh, production, but it'll be a you know smaller batch production, um, and uh, and then from there, uh, based on you know, I'd say that's the point where we're going to release the item, and then from there we'll we'll revise our our you know our approach based on what the demand is, um, and you know then we'll go from there. So I, I hope I answered their question, oh, but yeah, totally. There's, there's a lot of, that goes into something like that. Is there an instrument out there that you guys have been like, this is going to be awesome. And it's just, you're like, this will never leave the Northfield workshop. <laughs> you're like, no way. This is a total flop. Is there one that stands out though, where you're like, no, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> um, yeah, we well to answer your question, yes, we we've we've got lots of instruments and in, in, in prototypes in, in the, the Northfield uh, prototype stash area of our <laughs> workshops. Um it's a lot of fun. Sometimes we just go back to them to, to 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 like turn over the rock and see like what what's up now? It's been sitting at tension for you know, for months and months. Let's see what it sounds like and, and maybe if we tweaked this thing we use it for a source of inspiration. Sometimes we, we go back and, and we tweak them and get them ready and then offer them to, to people that are looking for something weird and obscure and that, that might not turn into a, to a, an existing model. Uh, regarding one particular flop that just did not come together. Well, years and years ago, I guess more than 10 years ago, we were trying some uh, instruments with um, integrated tone bars. And uh, we were making, actually, we made, that's how our Model M started. And we had a lot of success. Um, we tried some various versions of that. And, and at one point, we tried a version with uh, an oval hole version with this integrated schema a tone bars that means like routed right into the top like made of spruce but right in out of the same piece of spruce as we were arching and you know carving for the top right as opposed to putting and, tone uh, bars attaching tone bars a, to the top. yeah as, a, as a, right as opposed to shaping you know gluing them in and shaping and so on yeah that oval hole one did, did not work it was like <laughs> It was like it completely inhibited vibration from from happening. It was like we had put like a you know a roadblock in the center of the of the vibration pattern, and uh, so that didn't work out so well. But <laughs> I think we ended up taking it out and routing it down, and then gluing one in and and making it work. So that instrument it might be in circulation somewhere. Anyway. Man, well, what's what's next for Northfield? What's the uh, do you have any? I mean, it's 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 funny because I see how hard you work because you and I are in text contact quite a bit trying to set this up. Like we tried to do it July nine and just never just couldn't work out. And then over the course of things with, you know, crazy season, you're traveling 
back and forth between two plants. Then it's the NAM convention and, and trying to get all these instruments, you know, do you, do you already have a future idea of what's next for Northfield? Well, <laughs> no more four instruments <laughs> on one day plan. Man, you know, we've got so many ideas. We're, we're finding our, our groove. We're, in, we're one month into this year and, and, and we're already planning production for, like toward, you know, for the end of the year and into next. And we've got dealers that, you know, um, we've, we've got a lot of instruments to, to make for. And I, I think that we're going to spend a lot of time really refining our, our production techniques here at the at the Michigan shop because that's really where we need to make a lot of, of um, strides in the development and efficiency uh, of managing um, this workshop. We're going to make more instruments in Michigan this year than we ever have. And um, so there's a lot of focus on, on these and they're challenging um, instruments. I mean, three of those four uh, on that day and that batch are all here and that that it, we have a smaller team here and and um it's uh you know you came to our shop right at the very very beginning when we were just getting into the swing of things um and uh so there's going to be some focus on that surely that that's in the near future that's what's next um in may of of 23 we were really fortunate to to um really launch in a in a very uh, much more formal calculated way um a, a, a select group of of the the instruments that we make for the the market in china um the domestic market there yeah, for anyone that doesn't know is um the fastest growing market on the planet for stringed instruments and there are so many musicians um playing guitar and starting to play mandolin and um we've gotten um a lot of amazing feedback uh and so in may we decided to create um a 30 lesson online um collection of lessons on how to play the mandolin um in Chinese with a really fantastic Chinese um, musician. Uh, and we then went to the trade show in, in Shanghai in um, October. And it's like a brand new thing starting um, in, in a place where there are literally millions of guitar players wanting a different sound. And I don't, I don't know how you came to the mandolin, but I came from this one avenue where there was uh, lots of guitar players at jam sessions and even wanted some other things to to listen to and, and, and some other textures. And so I, I started bringing a mandolin and learning how to play it. And this is a long time ago now, but <laughs> that was one of the ways um, that, that it happened for me and, that, and it's starting to happen the same exact way for a lot of players there. And it's really exciting. It's like a, a brand new audience um and it's been a long time since for the mandolin as an instrument or the family of instruments to have a brand new audience um you know i'm not just talking about 
uh, young, uh, you know, players here, you know, which we, which we are doing a great job of, of, I don't mean Northfield, but I mean, as a community and you certainly as a big driving force to that of, of really inspiring young people to play this music. Um, but it's been a minute since we looked at another audience entirely, regardless of the demo, you know, age demographic and said like, man, what could happen if, um, a whole bunch of people in the world started playing this instrument uh and we have been at it for 15 plus years really developing a culture first of all in our own place because we got to play these things and understand to understand why we're doing it at all and one of the very first things we did was hire a guitar teacher for our entire staff because that was it was a recognizable instrument um and uh, it was, you know, that familiarity made it impulsively easier to wrap their head around and, and really get into it. We put a campfire in. We started having these campfire um, playing sessions, you know, with a, with a, a staff member as an educator and, and stringed instruments. And it, it's amazing what has happened in, inside of you know, all, more than 15 years now. And now we're, we're sort of handing off what we know. We have some real cultural foundation um, in our um, our workshop in, in Qingdao and, and in our team members and all of our um, participating friends and, and allies that are really genuinely interested in this instrument. And so there's this handover happening um, inside of the marketplace, which is really exciting for it should be exciting for everyone for everyone from an you know an artist that is always looking for for new audiences um to instrument makers string makers instrument makers of all types uh because that market and for anyone that's listening that is an instrument maker that has not gone to the shanghai fair go there and and see what's up and um and then it's also very interesting you know personally for us as uh as northfield um because we have really been about this idea from the very beginning um and this exchange uh, musically and artistically um and to see it happening um is really exciting for us so for this entire year that will be something that we're always looking to uh, on the what's next side of things um, because that could be what's next for for everyone with regards to Unix you know, trying to to develop the the community um, and expand it. Um, so that's really that's exciting, really exciting. Man, that's huge. Yeah, and and we just had to do the work and do make the videos and approach it the way we knew people would approach it here and that we had and we, we had to do the like let's go all the way back to the very first Mel Bay book I ever got on hand <laughs> and let's let's do uh, let's think about what it means to to know to be able to identify the instrument that's in the book I, I don't know if you know but many years ago when Don Julian did his book with with uh, the mandolin for dummies book yeah with uh, I can remember the publisher Wiley um Wiley yeah you know if you got that book and you flip it open um and you go to the anatomy of the mandolin that f5 that mandolin that's our instrument that's a Northfield f5 in the in 
you know, right at the beginning of that book. Oh, and that's wow. why. And that's because I identified that that experience I had with with that Mel Bay book and trying to figure out what that instrument was and then to go. That's what took me down the, you know, the rabbit hole into like, what, what are these instruments and how do they work and who makes them and how do they do it and so on. So it was really cool. And we were, you know, Don was doing that and he needed to have that anatomy, uh, you know, that diagram uh, with his, all the parts of the mandolin and to have our instrument be in there. Um, that's exactly what I'm talking about with, with expanding the, the market there and, and, and the kind of approach we've, we've taken uh, with it and uh, I'm excited to see where it'll go and besides those things um, it's yeah I want to play more music than I have <laughs> in a year and uh, and um, yeah as far as ideas go for new instruments which might be what you were originally asking about um, yeah and there's a few you just have to come up here and check it out I, know, I gotta get back up there I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy enough to announce anything at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be like, a guy, uh, Adrian, on, you'd start getting emails. You know, I heard a year ago on the podcast that you were putting out. <laughs> I've already done that even with these, with some of these versions, you know, where we we made some and I, I, well, I had these ideas and I brought them to Gray Fox and put them out there. And before I had even checked my email, there was, you know, there were threads started on the cafe about hey i tried this version and then i tried this version and i was like oh no i didn't you know of course i should have known i should have known better but some of those things are in the works things that we tried that we decided to hold back until we could refine them more um and so you know i'd love to get to a place where we could just have some fun and put you know just a handful of things out um at a time without the, without the option to get them again or without the intention, I should say, to really make them available. But, you know, we, it's sort of in our ethos that I guess not sort of, it is in our ethos to, to really want to do two things to make beautiful instruments that, that play and sound fantastic um, and that you can fall in love with. And then when you do that, re you can realize that they are available. You know, we, we want to make, we want to live in that cross section between artisanal and available. And I think that more music happens when things are available. <laughs> I, think I, I think that there's a lot of dreaming and there's a lot to be said for dreaming. And there's a lot to be said for reaching for that thing that's almost unattainable. Whether you know it be a vintage instrument or or be a, an instrument that is, um, you know, just you know very very expensive and will require that you adjust things in your life to to be able to attain it <laughs> and then and then live you know with it and I got lots of experience with that myself, but I think that um, when you make something available and artisanal, you know, make something. Um, it's just that's the that's the most powerful combination. We we want this these things that we do to become available, um, so that musicians get their hands on them. Even beginner aspiring anyone 
can get their hands on these things and make music with them. And um, that pushes everything forward. Um, and so we really, we really do hold and try to hold true to, to, you know, when we release something, um, being prepared to make it and, and to not just make a few of them, but to be able to, to get them out there into the world. So we really know what we've got and, and, and we can all have as much fun as possible, um, making music with them. That's perfect. Well, Adrian, you're like one of the busiest people I know, but gosh, I love talking with you, buddy. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> oh, I mean, likewise, man. I, you know, there's so much to say about all of this. It's good to do it in doses. We'll, <laughs> we'll do this. We'll do this again. We will do and, this again. Uh, and, and I would give it a shout out to, to the Northfield crew. Cause and it's me talking on this and being interviewed, but I cannot do this without, Peter and Derek and Kosuke and John C. Singh and, you know, just a, uh, Jacob and Jess and Zach and you and Scott and every one of our dealers and on and on and on and so many people that I, you know, would love to list. I do need to get I, if to the what's next part. I, I really need to update our website. <laughs> I really, I really need to spend some time getting everybody's faces and names, um, much more, you know, in depthly, thoroughly, accurately, um, represented there. And there's been a lot of changes in Northfield since the last time I really spent time on that with, with, with personnel and, um, and I'm so proud of everyone and i i need to do right by everyone and get uh get it much more thoroughly updated so that that'll be a very soon what's next awesome um and um yeah i appreciate you taking the time to do this and and likewise to, to all the listeners we love to answer questions we might not be as fast as we used to be about <laughs> answering them Hang in there with us, and um, but please keep them coming, and we appreciate all of the encouragement that we're getting and, and all the great feedback. We love to hear the good news, too, you know? We love to hear about instruments that are, that are being put to use and music that's being created, and we love to hear the music if you want to send us anything. Heck we yeah. We would love to listen to it, and... And we're always looking for content to share with the rest of the world. So, you know, it's events that we can help share it if uh, people are inclined to, to want to share it with us to be human. So, Man, Adrian, right. this has been so great. Thank you for doing this, bud. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, there you go. You heard Adrian. If you, you play Northfield, send him some of your music. Let him hear it. Always a pleasure to have you all listen. Always a pleasure to talk to Adrian. Thanks so much. Once again, if you'd like a free sample of my new book, The 365 Project, just shoot me an email at danielpatrickmusic at yahoo.com. I've also got a link at the uh, Mandolins and Beer website right on the front page. And everybody have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Cheers, everybody.